0: Folks, I've learned recently that Delta Airlines has updated their pilot manuals to where the captain can no longer address the uh, people on the airplane over the PA as ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've learned that Doctor Seuss was canceled, Mister Potato Head's been canceled. Cancel culture is canceling a lot of things. Some things may be good, some things uh, just have no reason. But you know what? They haven't canceled. They haven't canceled the annuity salesperson. The annuity salesperson, these are bad actors in our industry that are pushing the most expensive product on their client for the most money for them in their pocket. Very rarely do we see gains of any magnitude inside an annuity. To learn more about this and why you should avoid annuities, you can go to our website at wiserinvestor.com. Go Scroll down to the bottom. You'll see... A buyer beware, avoid the annuity salesman, enter your email address, and we will send you our white paper on why you should avoid annuities at all costs. Welcome to the Wiser Wealth Management Roundtable. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Guiding you to financial freedom are my co-hosts, Brad Lyons and Matthews Barnett. Hey, guys. Hi, Casey. How's it going? Let's jump right into it. Um, Let's say that I have just retired and I have one of these dinosaur things called a pension. and I have a choice to take a lump sum or the annuity payment. And I've done some math, and I've determined that the lump sum is best for me and my family. And I have $800,000 that I want to put to work that needs to go to work for me in order to send me monthly payments for my investment account. You know, I'm a little nervous about this market. So I think the best thing to do is just take that $800,000 and just put a little bit at a time. Just invest a little bit at a time over... Maybe the next year or so, or when I feel like it's better. Well, is that that good? Well, that's a good way to do that, right? Just just dollar cost average it. Dollar cost averaging is good.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. That's that's uh, an investment method called dollar cost averaging. And investors who use dollar cost averaging in order to take advantage of the volatility in the market in order to achieve a lower uh, average price for their shares for their long term investments. But there's a couple things that an investor needs to consider when deciding to do dollar cost averaging. And that would mainly be, you know, the create, are they going to create a discipline within themselves to continue to invest that money in good times and bad. And the idea is that in the bad times, the volatile times where markets have gone down, so they're actually taking advantage of those prices, those share prices being lower and purchasing more shares. There's a lot of academic research that has gone on in this area to show the benefits of dollar cost averaging versus lump sum investing or the lump sum investing versus the dollar cost averaging. So depending upon the investor's circumstance, there's a decision that they need to make. But whichever one it is, they need to stick with it because the two together don't really produce much of anything.
2: You mentioned the pension. It might not just be somebody receiving a pension. It could be any type of windfall like a sale of a property, inheritance. Uh, we got a lot of these calls back in, uh, I guess, beginning of last year. Uh, the market was doing well, reaching all time highs, but uh, people were trying to figure out is now a good time to invest at all time highs. Um, so it really comes down to a little bit of statistics as well as behavior. Um, statistically, it's not uh, advantageous, as advantageous to uh, dollar cost average versus uh, lump sum. Uh, but from the behavioral side of things, it does uh, allow you to sleep better at night. Uh, and if, if the market would pull back, you know, you don't have that that uh, fear and regret of uh, that you lump summed into that in the market.
0: So I guess two things. One, you're telling me that it's better for me to put money in as a lump sum than dollar cost average. Why? Yeah, what, statistics what's the math would, behind that? St-
1: statistics would show that over the long periods of time, that over two-thirds of the investors that chose a lump sum investment philosophy Strategy versus a dollar cost averaging had more money and value at the end of the period than those that chose dollar cost averaging
0: okay. now when they looked at that was you know did you did we did we look at that from different uh peaks peaks, and troughs in the market or you know how, do you know how that time was selected the entry time
1: well Exactly which year, you know, they can go all the way back to 1926 where there are statistics on this. Uh, the idea is to use rolling time periods. So, over a, a period of over a thousand rolling 12 month periods, the statistics show that two thirds of the time the investors came out ahead by investing their money all at once. It also showed that uh, although there were more down periods that the, the investor experienced as a well, in fully invested mode because they're, they were just invested longer. And they'll, um, that money, you know, may have gone down more by 5% more than a dollar cost average investor. The fact that at the end of the time period, at the end of those that time period, there was actually more money in the account of the person who put in the lump sum.
2: I believe the study you were talking about is the Vanguard study, and that was two-thirds over six months. It actually goes all the way up to over 92% over 36 months, and that's just the whole basis of time in the market over timing the market. You know, uh, returns over time will go up. It just depends on the amount of time. You know, the longer, obviously, the percentages start going up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, If I put a lump sum in, I'm buying all the shares at once, but what also starts at once is the income so you're getting dividends and payments where if you're trying to time it uh, then you got to time it right obviously i mean it if you're trying to time tops and bottoms we i think i think human nature we feel better when the market's higher but that doesn't mean that's the best time to to invest right well you look at even last year if you invested at highs in
2: february uh you know you're pretty sick by march when you've lost 30% of your uh your account but uh, that was a quick rebound, but uh, usually over a year period or so, you know, it, it comes back. Not just over the month period like last year, um, but you know, there's, there's never a great time to try to time the market. Just staying invested is how this works out.
0: But that's a good point too. If you if you invested eight hundred thousand dollars in my example, and you put that in the market in February of uh, before COVID, um, you know, the, you you probably didn't put one hundred percent of your money into stocks you probably if you're a retiree you're probably at the most 60 stock 40 bonds right so you had 40 percent of the portfolio that was going up while the 60 percent was going down now it still wasn't a smooth ride but it was it's better than what you see on tv i think that's something that people uh, don't realize is what you see on tv is probably not your portfolio unless you're 100 percent invested in stocks which is rare yeah which is very rare I, 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 that's your highest rate of return Right, (laughs) but but um, um, so I I I think there's a couple a couple angles. One is, you know, it's the human nature of it, and then there's the math. So human nature says I don't want to just jump into the pool. I like to put my toes in. Then I like to get my feet in. Then I get waist high. (laughs) Then I get down to my neck. (laughs) Right. Very rarely people just go woo and just jump in. Unless you're, you know, young and don't care. And those are the GameStop investors just jumping into GameStop. (laughs) Well, we're talking about investing. So this is long
2: term, you know, over the short term, the market might pull back and you might lose money with that lump sum purchase. But we're not talking about immediate needs over the next few years. This is long term investing.
0: Yeah. So with long term investing, your focus is what I say is age 95. Unless you have more longevity in your family, that money should be invested and working for you until age 95, right?
2: Could be over a thirty-year period of retirement. We had a lot of retirees, obviously at sixty-five, running plans through ninety-five. You know, right. The money has to work for him for thirty-plus years.
0: That's right. And also, if you think about, you know, behavior on, on, on a lump sum standpoint, if you miss seven of the best trading days in a year, you you lose a lot of your annual your annual rate of return for that year. Right? Yeah,
1: that's an important point. And Matthew's brought it up timing the market versus time in the market. So even in a dollar cost averaging strategy, there are going to be days that you're simply going to miss the best days with the bulk of your money as you're putting it in, you know, on a monthly or periodic basis. So uh, it's true that, you know, investors that miss out on those days have very, very, very small returns relative to what the potential was for investing and being fully invested in the market.
2: The flip side of that is, is like we talked about the behavioral side. If you invest, in the market pulls back. You know, it's the opposite of that the regret you have from going ahead and jumping in and not dipping your toes in the water a little bit at a time is kind of the, the difference in these these opinions.
0: Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Wiser Roundtable. In our weekly meeting this week, um, our marketing brand manager, Dana uh, came in with some great news that we are in a top 700 spot uh, of podcast right now. And there's, I didn't realize this, there's, there's uh, over 400,000 podcasts out there that people can listen to. And thanks for choosing us. To help us uh, even grow more, uh, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could go on and review us or give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or however you're listening to this podcast, we would appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, We have a great time putting this together each week and hope you enjoy this episode. So then the second part of this is the behavioral side. So the first part was okay. lump sum statistics are showing that you're better off Putting all the money to work, um, but the behavioral side said you, you'd sleep better at night knowing that you know some of your money was safe. But is it really? Is, is that a false sense of security that your dollar cost averaging money in?
1: Well, I think you're alluding to the opportunity cost on that money that's not being invested, because we're looking at you know returns that are going to outpace inflation and cash investments. And we need to outpace inflation and cash in order to uh, produce the returns long enough to sustain us in our retirement through the income from our portfolios. So the longer that money remains uninvested, the greater the opportunity lost is.
0: Yeah, and we've seen that the last 10 years for the yeah. most part. If People who have dollar cost average, insisted on dollar cost averaging, have much lower rate of returns than the people who have uh, just – put the money in, even when we thought the markets were all-time highs, then next thing you know, Dow's above 31,000, right? Right.
2: And most people have retirement accounts. This goes back to the fact we haven't touched on it yet, is most retirees have some type of retirement account through work, a 401k or 403b, and that's what they're doing. They're dollar-cost averaging each paycheck into the market. So they're already doing this on one side. It's just a different philosophy when you're having this windfall of money up front, and then you don't want to lose (laughs) it. Actually...
0: Actually, they got the money on payday. It goes into the 401k, and it gets invested. So really, they're lump sum investors as they get the money. <laughs> Technically, not psychology. Yeah. It's <laughs> it a I'm small d- lump. Maybe it's just bump. Right. It's a bump. Yeah, yeah I'm a bump investor. Not
2: six-figure, seven-figure sums and when it starts to become an issue for you. True, people. but they
0: still invested it right when they got it, right? It's where
2: Psychology, that's every- the behavioral finance right there
0: <laughs> they they invested it right when they got it so why why would it be different with a half million or a million dollars if it's to be invested for the rest of your life now th- there's segments to this where uh it you know yeah if you need to carve out something because you're going to pay off your home when it when it's tax advantageous to do that or you're going to pay off debt or you're going to p- do these other things that money shouldn't be invested to begin with so the only thing we're talking about is long-term got to provide for me money in the future or start providing for me now money, right? We're not talking about, I got a million dollars. I'm going to build a $2 million house and that's my down payment. That money should be off to the side. Uh, you know, another thing I thought about in lump sum to make it less scary really kind of goes back to our, our checklist for being wealth builders, right? The one, number one is debt. You know, we like, we like homes paid off. Um, if we can't do that, we got to, we, we're not going to have stupid debt. We're not going to have credit card debt. We want to get rid of auto debt. We just we just want to have a mortgage that's going to be paid off prior to retirement or very quickly into retirement. Then after we've, then after we've cleaned that up and gotten that straightened out, we want to have an emergency reserve fund uh, to get us through up to two years worth of living, if retired, six months, if, if not retired, right? And then after that, <laughs> are we saving enough for retirement? Or are we already in retirement? So then the next list is, is, you know, we're talking about opportunity money. Now we've, we've secured our retirement and now we have opportunity money to do other things that, that may or not involve, may or not involve stock market could be real estate. Um, but the point of all that is, is if you've gone down this checklist, that lump sum, no one likes to see losses, but that lump sum is less important to you on a daily basis, Right. So now you can do that because you've gotten everything else squared away in your uh, financial uh, uh, wealth building checklist. We don't call it that. I just I just created just names. Turn that. Yeah. Can we trademark that?
1: <laughs> you know, it's that opportunity bucket where you have the opportunity to really, you know, change lives. With I mean, everything else is meeting needs, but with that opportunity bucket, which may be a lump sum, which may be you know, once you've got all the, your you know other steps taken care of. With that opportunity cost or money, uh, you can really change your lives and other people's lives, and that's a wonderful place to be. We hope to get our clients there.
0: You know, Those lump sums, uh, RSUs, restricted stock units, working with a lot of people in uh, the tech side. Uh, companies have done really well during COVID, and they're getting these large RSUs. Uh, same thing. It's, it's redirecting those RSUs, liquidating those shares, moving into more diversified portfolios. That could be considered a lump sum. Um, obviously inheritance, you know, what do I do with inheritance as I, as I received it? Um, you know, it could be a defined contribution plan paying out because of merger or retirement or liquidation of business. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that lump sums come into play. Uh, but you know, again, uh, me personally, it makes perfect sense. Let's just tiptoe in. Let's, let's invest a little here, a little there. Uh, but i was 'm amazed by not only uh, uh vanguard 's re- report you know because when i see when I read the headline, the first thing is, well of course they want all the money invested because that 's the only way they make money is if you invest in the stock right i 'm always i 'm i 'm very cautious in the financial service industry I feel like everyone 's out to get us, so we have to be very careful in in how we give advice and how we look at these companies that that provide products
1: All these studies have to be looked at with a with an eye towards well, is this really, you know, what they're trying to tell us or is there something else? I, I think that it takes a professional to to really uh, examine these reports and determine, you know, is this best for our clients? Sometimes it is, sometimes it may not be, but that's where we come in.
2: Right. You just mentioned that a lot of these firms can cherry pick the time periods to make the analysis look to however they want. So uh, they can make it beneficial to their uh, whatever they're trying to get across. But, uh, you know, when you look at rolling periods, like you mentioned, you know, it, you kind of average out and get the, the returns you're looking for.
0: Well, lump sum versus dollar cost averaging. I think we have, um, exhausted that, but we have the data. If, if anyone wants that data, uh, we will be happy to, uh, provide that the Vanguard report, I think is probably the most clear, uh, and, and, very concise and, and how that works. Uh, but you do you do have to realize that sometimes, you know, you're willing to give up rate of return uh, to be able to sleep at night. So if that that trumps uh, if that trumps that, then then so be it. But we do we just just understand that the math doesn't make any sense, right? Right. Um, I guess I guess one thing we'll talk about, uh, you know, in, in in relation to lump sum uh, is a lot of times these lump sums, especially on pensions, have the ability uh, to also take annuities and the math that goes in behind the calculate uh, lump sum versus uh, annuity payout uh, payout, and that is um, that's something that we do uh, quite frequently for for companies with with pensions. Uh, one of the things I like to look at is probability of success. So when you're looking at a lump sum payout versus the annuity, um, what is uh, probability of not running out money before age 95 and where it gives me the highest payout. Well, is we that, that, is that a single
2: life annuity? Is it survivorship? That's stuff we look at as well, because yeah. if they're, they're married or have beneficiaries, um, you know, you're not always going for the highest payout. It's like you said, the highest probability of success within your plan, but also, uh, how does that work out for beneficiaries? The highest probability of success?
1: Well, interesting enough, not every pension is the same now it's the pension that the, the the person has so it's the only one they know but when you are able to compare pension to pension and payout to payout and uh um uh, uh benefit to benefit in these pay, in these pensions you can really begin to see the difference and and it may be that for two different people the two different uh, uh situations you get completely different Analysis and a completely different recommendation. Yeah. So what's good for one may or may not be good for for the next person that comes in. It really needs to be analyzed and taken a look at in its totality.
0: Yeah, if I see a situation where I feel like that a person who's asking for help in this calculation is bad with money, I tend to lean toward the annuity because in a lump sum you have full access to the money and if you drain that that's all you're you're done. You're living off social security at that point. Right. Right. So I have made those recommendations that people use annuities, uh, and, and maybe it was slightly better for lump sum, but for their life and their family, and it's better just to have that guaranteed that guaranteed payout. Right. Quite often. Uh, we also look at, um, uh, situations where maybe the annuity is slightly better, but it's, if it's single life, uh, maybe that's never the only option, but maybe it's a, a widow Right widow situation, um, is there coal on these cost of living adjustments?
2: <laughs> a lot of these don't have it. That's so right. Over a thirty-year period, you know, you're losing a lot of money to inflation as well.
0: But she passes away, and you can't name a non, I can't name Non-spalled beneficiary. Beneficiary, right? correct? Yeah. Then that money, that money just disappears. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that uh, to happen either, especially if there's uh, children that can inherit the lump sum. So there's there's so many different different ways, but once you once you do receive those funds, uh, typically we look at it as well it was invested within the pension so it needs to just get invested over here if you transfer money in from another account another 401k to an IRA that money was already invested so you just get you just put it right back to work right when it gets here you don't try not to miss a step uh, but it's this cash infusions that I think people get a little nervous about when it comes to when it comes to investing and believe it or not we've received clients because uh, clients sometimes end up with advisors that tell them what they want to hear and so they've convinced them oh yeah we'll go to cash this covid stuff is really scary we'll just go to cash and we'll we'll put it back to work cuz they don't want to lose the business and and that's not being a good advisor in fact we can't do that as fiduciaries we have to tell them the correct advice and a lot of times it's like what well, i know this is scary but you're going to wreck your plan if you get off the ship when it looks like it's sinking and it's really not it's just big waves <laughs> right <laughs> good analogy <laughs> All right, guys, uh, enjoy the conversation, and uh, we'll see you next time. Sounds great. Go ahead.
1: Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein.
0: Past performance is not indicative of future performance.